welcome to the Menstrual Mental Health Podcast. I'm Mary Nordahl, and I'm here to help you get the most out of life and teach you everything I've learned as a certified fertility awareness instructor with a bachelor's in clinical psychology. And on this podcast, I'll be sharing the menstrual mindset shifts you need to become the best version of yourself and finally live the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Menstrual Mental Health. This is episode two. I'm talking all about how I overcame procrastination using fertility awareness. I didn't seek out fertility awareness as my solution. Fertility awareness found me and ultimately became the key to unlocking my potential. So I'm going to break it all down, all the ways that procrastination has shown up for me over the years and the struggles I endured in trying to overcome procrastination. Because sometimes when we hear someone else's story, it suddenly clicks for us where we hear ourselves in the fabric of another's journey and we can clearly see the steps that we need to take. And our hardships and difficulties become normalized. We feel more seen, heard, understood, and less alone. So that's what I wanna do. I wanna break down what it looked like, the ups and downs and everything in between because you can't have a rainbow without rain, right? You feel me? I'm gonna take you all the way back to the beginning and show you all my best mindset shifts and strategies as well as all my struggles. So you don't have to learn the hard way. You can just learn from me. Before we jump into it, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Fertility Awareness Path, my business, my own company. And inside Fertility Awareness Path, I offer a variety of programs to help women gain control of their fertility, physical health, control of mental health, and more. My signature program that is the most popular for women looking to overcome procrastination and finally get shit done is called, you guessed it, menstrual mental health, or as we lovingly refer to it as MMH. This is my signature four-month mentorship program that takes you through everything you need to know about charting your cycle with fertility awareness so that you can finally understand why your moods and energy levels shift week to week, affecting your productivity and motivation levels. It also includes time management practices. It includes menstrual mindset shifts. Basically, if you like any of the information I'm about to share, this is all of this information plus more inside of the program MMH. I'll teach you about aligning your life with your menstrual cycle to get more done with less effort and how to organize your social calendar or personal projects around your peak energy times. So if you're interested, go and check it out. Learn more about the program and you can check out some past testimonials. You can hear all about their candid experience inside of the program at fertilityawarenesspath.com. So let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Just to give you a little background on when I started to notice this avoidant and unhealthy behavior pattern that we call procrastination, I started to notice it develop around high school 
where I'd be completing a homework assignment in the class period before it was due because I had stayed up the night before, like super late, ended up falling asleep on top of my bed with the lights on and I hadn't finished the assignment on time. Now, I had learned some really valuable lessons in school, but one thing that my parents didn't see behind my A's and B's was how much I had learned how to mm, take advantage of the system (laughs) and still get decent grades with minimal effort so that ultimately I could balance extracurriculars, sports, clubs, social life, chores, family obligations, and, you know, sleeping and eating. So that was the way I learned how to function, with an overflowing plate that I carried with me into college. I figured if I was busy enough, then I wouldn't have time to procrastinate a project or a paper. And yet, I still found myself working until the 11th hour, or scrolling Pinterest, or hanging out with my roommate, despite the more pressing matters on my to-do list. (laughs) In essence, I hadn't truly learned how to manage my time, and I didn't understand what was really contributing to my unhealthy behaviors of avoiding work and then doing it half-assed at the last minute, like my 80-page master's thesis, which was a trip and a half. What I didn't realize at the time was that each project or task that I put off or did in a rushed manner was essentially bruising my self-confidence and essentially hurting my ability to trust myself. I was subconsciously reinforcing this idea that I wasn't worthy of completing something ahead of time so that I could enjoy myself after the task was complete. The task felt too uncomfortable or it caused too much anxiety. So I would self-soothe and avoid the discomfort of growth by hiding away, by stunting my growth and scrolling on social media or binging a show. Now remember, the whole time I was going through school and projects and growing up, I was strongly being influenced by my menstrual cycle, but I had no idea how it was affecting my energy and my motivation levels, which we'll get into in in a little bit. So basically what happened was, it wasn't until I had graduated with my master's in organizational leadership and I had landed a job with a nonprofit as their director of operations. It was my dream job at the time. It wasn't until then that I noticed my procrastination habits affecting my work life too. And I wanted so much for this role to work, to support the organization and ultimately advance my career. But what I didn't realize at the time was that my role encompassed so many tasks and responsibilities that my plate was just beyond full. I was really overwhelmed. So I just wanted to shut down and do the bare minimum because that's what I had learned how to do in school. But because I had staff members and like actual clients, depending on my ability to deliver, it was no longer this cutesy school system that I could manipulate. So I had to actually learn how to develop healthier habits so that I could, you know, keep my job and shit. (laughs) 
I was also responsible for mine and my team's schedule, which was really cool for like a 26, 27 year old fresh out of grad school. And I had a really like hands off boss who worked remotely. So I kind of felt like an entrepreneur in a sense. And I realized that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to learn time management and mindset strategies to help me get more out of my day so that I could use my time wisely, be more efficient, and ultimately so I could advance in my career. But, you know, also on a personal level, I needed to like stay on top of laundry and dishes and personal projects that I was passionate about. Once I had that epiphany, once I decided to go all in, that's when things started to change. But it wasn't a smooth road. We're talking five, six years that I dedicated and strongly committed myself to self-development and inner work. And there were a lot of mistakes and setbacks along the way. What happened was during my 45-minute drive to work, I started consuming podcast after podcast after podcast on topics like motivation, discipline, productivity, ways to maximize my potential. So what I want to do is share a little bit with you about the top three things I implemented from the dozens of thought leaders I listened to, like John Maxwell, Brenda Bouchard, Mel Robbins, Jordan Peterson, Rachel Bell, Brene Brown, the list goes on. But before I tell you what worked, I need to shed light on the three major mistakes I made. Because as I was listening to all these podcasts, I was essentially experimenting. I'd try on this time management strategy or that organizational system, but I wouldn't stick with it long enough to see if it produced any benefits. I just threw spaghetti on the wall, but if it didn't stick right away, which by the way, that is like the stupidest expression, but I use it all the time. If the spaghetti didn't stick, if it didn't work perfectly, I moved on to a new shiny tool to see if that worked better. So I tried bullet journaling, different listing systems, paper versus Google Calendar, the list goes on. And I never stuck with a system long enough to optimize it to my own lifestyle and preferences. Now, mistake number two was carrying a extremist mentality by thinking, this is how I'm going to be from now on forever. And everything is changing all of a sudden. There was no gradual shift into adapting new habits, but just this drastic approach to growth. And that ultimately created this sense of failure and missing the mark. So my expectations were just a little too high. (laughs) And it fueled this constant state of disappointment in myself. And mistake number three was thinking that I needed to be highly, highly productive day in and day out by putting way too much on my to-do list and then subsequently beating myself up for not getting everything accomplished that day. So my list was completely unrealistic. It it didn't even operate within the confines of a 24-hour day. I mean, I had multiple projects on one day's worth of tasks that actually took me several hours to complete. It was just stupid. I wasn't being smart about how I planned my day. But all of those mistakes I just listed were completely necessary in my process of learning how to manage time. So if you are in the process of making mistakes, go easy on yourself because you are learning. That is part of the process. 
even with all these different tricks and systems that I was trying to implement, there was still this aspect of feeling stuck, just feeling overwhelmed, not knowing how to start a project. So that is where the mindset piece came in that helped me to shift the way I approach my to-do list. So here are the top three things I gained from the hundreds of podcasts that I listened to. Number one is that every thought leader that I listened to reiterated the same point. What is your why? What is your intention? Where are you going? Pretend that life is like driving a car. So right now, where you are in life, you are sitting in your driveway, putting in the destination into your GPS. Your GPS is the roadmap for your day, for your week, for your month, your life. What direction are you trying to go in? If you know your intention behind the action, it's already 75% easier to do the damn thing because you know where you're going. Now, mindset shift number two took me years to figure out. What I'm about to say is not just words. I want you to feel it. I want you to understand it, integrate it into your bones to see how this advice really manifests in the way that you live your life. Okay, are you ready? Overcoming procrastination is rather simple. It's a decision. It's a choice. It is a conscious choice. It's about taking personal responsibility. That's it. You have two choices. Distract yourself or do the uncomfortable thing. We are either living or dying. Not to be morbid, but like when you look at a flower, it's growing, right? You would say that the flower is alive, but when it's withering away, it's dying. So when we're scrolling away on social media or binging another episode of Friends, we are consciously choosing to wither away. But if we make the decision to do the dishes or fold the laundry, even if it feels difficult or uncomfortable, that choice is helping us to grow, to live. And finally, number three, is that there is no right or wrong system. Experiment. Time management and shifting your mindset requires trying on different ideas and experimentation with different ingredients. It's not a one-size-fits-all strategy. Some days you're going to need an accountability partner. Other days, a Pomodoro timer is just enough to keep you focused. And other days, you really need that chocolate cake as a reward for finishing your project. And this is why I love the menstrual cycle. Because each day is different. Your hormones are fluctuating day in and day out, which is ultimately affecting your motivation and your productivity levels. So a month before the pandemic started, I had my second baby. We were blessed to conceive both babies without really trying. I was tracking my cycle on a period app called Kindara, and they have these cute little stars that predict when you're ovulating. And the key word here is predict. An app can never truly know what's going on in your ovaries. And we used the app as a loose form of birth control where we were trying to avoid as long as possible, but we were open to life. And 
I would look at the stars and I'd let hubby know that this was probably the time to avoid intercourse. But interestingly enough, two babies later, that method wasn't as reliable as we hoped it would be. So I breastfed our newborn from March to August of 2020, and then my period finally returned in September. And I sure as heck wasn't using the predictive app method anymore. And hormonal birth control, copper IUD, they just didn't appeal to me. I had been on the pill in college, and I didn't like how I felt on it. So I decided to buy myself a book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And what I slowly came to realize was that in order for fertility awareness to be a truly reliable form of natural birth control, I needed to track my cervical mucus and temperature every single day with good detail so that I could rely on my chart as an indicator for where I was in my cycle and my fertile window. And this became my first test in overcoming procrastination. And it's why I use it as the foundation for MMH. Because when my students commit to daily cycle tracking, they start to build trust with themselves. They prove to themselves that they can consistently chart their biomarkers day after day. And then suddenly, one, they have a reliable form of birth control because they've diligently tracked their cycle. And this self-trust that they've built spills over into their life. And they know now that they can follow through on their word and it becomes so much easier to complete a task that they've set their mind to. This is where the best part comes in because in the process of charting my cycle day after day, I was also gaining really valuable insight on how my hormones were impacting my brain chemistry. Elisa Vitti published a book in 2020, which was groundbreaking knowledge on how our menstrual cycle affects our moods and energy levels. So when I came across Elisa Vitti's book, In the Flow, I carried that thing around like my period Bible. I referred to it constantly. And over a few months, I really gained a sense of how predictable my productivity levels were based on which phase of the cycle I'm in. That is truly what helped me overcome procrastination. It was the cherry on top of a long, hard journey of listening to all those podcasts and no one, not even my professors when I studied psychology. I had never heard this idea that my menstrual cycle was affecting my mental health, that my menstrual cycle was affecting my motivation levels. My menstrual cycle was affecting my ability to get stuff crossed off my to-do list. So it's exactly why I created MMH to help women use their cycle energy as their superpower because we have this hormonal advantage where each phase of the cycle is an ideal time to do certain types of tasks. And when you can align your life with your cycle, that's where the magic happens. That's where I get women coming to me telling me how much better they feel after charting their cycle and planning their to-do list based on the phases of their cycle. Because why work harder when you can work smarter? Am I right? This story is meant to show you that I am no different than you. I do not have a special sauce that you don't have. Allow this story to be an example that if I can do it, you can do it too. It's a choice. It's a decision to commit to yourself, to your growth to your dreams, to put into the GPS where it is that you want to go 
and stay on that road. Don't take the exit to social media. Don't take the exit to, to Netflix. Stay on the road. Stay on that path towards what it is that lights you up, that makes it worthwhile to push through and do the uncomfortable things. I get it. You're comfortable on the couch. It's so much more cozy to sit on the couch and scroll social media. I use that example because social media is my vice. Social media is the way that I avoid. It still happens to me where I find myself scrolling social media, but I notice. I notice and I take responsibility for my actions. And I say, "Mm, I know that I'm not going to feel good if I continue scrolling here and avoiding the things that I really want to do, which is I actually do want to have a nice clean kitchen. That would feel really good right now. I actually do want to put my clothes away because I want to have a nice clean room. I want to know where my clothes are. I actually do want to record that podcast. I actually do want to write that card to my friend. I actually do want to do these things that I think about that I write down on my to-do list. They are actually desires that are deep within my heart, but I'm avoiding it because it's, it takes effort. The other piece that was going on behind the scenes with all of these podcasts and experimentation was therapy. I had to go to therapy. The only way that I was ever going to deem myself worthy of the life that I wanted to live, of the dreams that I desired, was to let go of the past, to process trauma, to process and notice the ways that my past can creep into my future. And when I can recognize those unhealthy behavior patterns seeping into my life, that's half the battle. And I now have the tools to combat that, to process when those emotions come up. And they really only come up when I'm stressed. And I'm stressed because I'm overwhelmed. And I'm overwhelmed because I have too much on my to-do list. And that's why the menstrual cycle has helped me to organize my to-do list in a way where I can leverage my cycle power, leverage my hormonal advantage so that I'm focusing only on the tasks that are ideal for the time of my cycle where I can handle it. I'm not trying to do difficult tasks during my menstrual phase. I take those tasks and I move them to my ovulatory phase because that's where I'm really going to shine. I choose not to reorganize my entire linen closet during my menstrual phase. I choose to do it during my luteal phase where progesterone helps me to see detail-oriented tasks much easier. And these are just small examples of how I've been able to organize my life so that ultimately... At the end of the day, I'm going easy on myself. I'm no longer beating myself up, trying to do more, trying to be more. Instead, I'm just living. And that, my dear, concludes my life story summed up in major highlights (laughs) with what I hope is some major takeaways that you can bring into your week. To start noticing, to start deciding that it's time to take control of your life of your to-do list 
and finally live. I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found it supportive in your healing journey, I'd love to hear what resonated with you the most. Hop on over to Instagram and search at fertilityawareness.path to connect with me today. I look forward to hearing all about your goals and dreams, and I'll see you on the next episode of Menstrual Mental Health.